was like, yeah, I'm going tomorrow because it's making me. I'm going to hate it. <laughs> I went into hysterics at my viewing of this thing all by myself whenever I realized that Slughorn was wearing plaid. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, his plaid. Is where I literally was dying. My friend was looking at me like, what is with you? And I couldn't control it. Could you imagine when Deathly Hallows Part 2 comes out if there's actually a line in there that says, you have one hour. I'm going to ruin the movie. <laughs> <laughs> remember in the restricted section where we were like making new ships out of letters and I said what the, the other HG was? Yes! Hedwig? <laughs> and then, oh my god, the part in the movie where Ginny comes around the corner and Hedwig is there and she goes, Hedwig! I could not stop laughing! Alright, someone explain to me the shoelace, because I've read what you're saying, but I didn't see the scene. You read it! <laughs> Jen, I read the book. I know what happened. That wasn't in a book, was it? It was definitely not no, in a book. No, I know who the, how the no, book is. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Hi, welcome back to Buffwa. I can't believe you read the people's stuff without seeing the movie. I know right? how it ends. I'm not now. worried. Love Go you to all the freaking cinema and watch the show. He has no intention of going to see this movie. I will see it next week. Uh, Ryan, I swear. I have to have dental surgery in the morning. I'll stop by on the way back. I'm, I'm going to be on biking. Like You've had like three days to see this movie. Can I just say something? Being <laughs> on biking would be the best time ever to see I'm this I'm going to be on biking tomorrow. If anyone can think of any reason to podcast, let me know. Could you take your cell phone into the theater and like we could podcast with you while you're watching? <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the ultimate commentary. <laughs> yeah, but it's just my luck that I sit in the theater next to the guy who's podcasting during my movie. <laughs> and then when shot down to kick Ryan out, <laughs> we get to listen to Ryan get ushered out of the theater. Are we going to introduce ourselves or are we just going to keep crapping on? <laughs> I think we should just let the listeners guess who we are. I think that's okay. a good idea. Yeah, who are oh, we? No one can know. For Saturday, July 18th, 2009, this is special episode number 18 of Potterfic Weekly, Squeefest Half-Blood Prince. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Welcome back to Potterfic Weekly. We're talking about the movie Half-Blood Prince. There's a bunch of us here. It's like playing Where's Wally with Cho in the movie. Guess who we are? <laughs> we know who you are. You're going to know who I am in about five minutes because I'm going to start squeeing over hey, hard. We're, we're first going to talk to she who has had the day of suck because she hasn't eaten and so she needs to go. So what happened with your child today, dear? She kicked herself in my red lipstick. That is a day from suck. And then you went to see a movie? The problem was that before the movie, I spent two and a half hours trying to get lipstick out of blonde hair and it Ew. wasn't working. <laughs> and I just kept washing and washing and washing. Oh, and she loved it. And then someone said baby oil and someone said mayonnaise. And so I'm like trying all these things. And in the end, Coke. what really... Coke. <laughs> in she the, used Coke. Well, and then at the very end, someone told me Coke. In the end, I just poured Dawn on her head. <laughs> so in Is the that end, the dishwashing was, liquid? In the end, it was Dawn Ultra for concentrated power scrubbers that <laughs> did it. <laughs> New she household kept, tip. Yeah, she kept saying, Mommy, is my hair blue? <laughs> because it's blue. I'm like, no, honey, your hair is not blue. And she's like, it looks blue, 
I'm like, that's just the bottle. The bottle is blue. And she's like, Mommy, is my hair blue? (laughs) (laughs) I kept thinking I'm traumatizing her because, you know, like I like squirted a whole thing of baby oil gel in her hair and I'm just like rubbing it around. And there's just, it's like everything's turning like this, this brick brown red color because it was called torchwood if you can imagine you know the color what would pop up in your head and i'm just thinking why do i have to wear red lipstick why does it have to be red and my husband's brother is saying well you should put a pink streak in there too and i'm like you are not helpful (laughs) and then you know it's just like i'm trying to get her ready to go and she's just you know covered in oil and red things and she doesn't want to get ready and i'm just like i'm going to see the movie i've been waiting for this for months months i've been waiting and then you had to go cake yourself in red crap my kid on monday when i went to see it because i went to see it before the rest of the world (laughs) decided that she was going to have a meltdown because she didn't want to eat Nana's cooking. Now, I am sympathetic because I hate my mother's cooking also. But you know what? <laughs> Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. So you are going to Nana's and you are eating the crap that she dishes up. And you kind of just do it. Well, that's what I did. So, I, took, I took her to Grandma's. And Grandma said something about me having a bad day or you look like you've had a bad morning. And I'm just like, yeah, it's been fantastic. I'm like, she can just stay here for the rest of the night. I'm like, for, well, for all that matters, she can just stay for the rest of the week. And Grandma, ha, 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 And she's like, I hope you brought in a lot of clothes. And I said, she doesn't need clothes. She can just go naked. I don't care. <laughs> Grandma's just looking at me. I'm like, I just want to go see the movie. I just want to go see the movie all day. I just want to see the damn movie. You know, just let me see the movie. Did you ever get to the cinema, Gen 2? We did. We got to the cinema. My husband actually took a half a day off work to take me, and he is not a Harry Potter person. He went with me and held my hand during the bad parts. I guess we're bad parts in this movie. Well, well, you know, well, no, I mean, (laughs) well, you know, I've known that Dumbledore is going to die, you know, for like almost six years. But when it was about to happen, Sunday. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sunday afternoon, I'm sitting there. I've got preview tickets. Mr. Kezer is going to come with me. He's like going, blah, 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 blah. Oh, nothing good's going to happen in this movie. And I go, oh, what do you mean? Dumbledore dies. And he goes, what? And I went, oops, he didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like spoiled the whole movie for him. <laughs> well, you know, it starts getting toward the end, you know, and they go into the cave, you know, and I'm getting like all tense and my husband's holding my hand because he knows it's getting to the bad parts and... I've known that this crap is going to happen. I mean, you know, I've I've read it 20,000 times. You know, and I'm just getting all worked up. And I'm like, he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. Because at some point, you know, I fell in love with Michael Gambon. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because he really, he really did it for me in this one. He got me at hello. <laughs> right at the beginning when he puts his arm around Harry. I oh, really liked that. I loved it. I was just, oh. Look at that. You know, he's teasing him about the girl in the ice cream <laughs> shop or the soda shop or whatever the heck that was, you know. Cafe, diner. Cafe, yeah. diner. I, I, I was bummed that they didn't go to the Dursleys instead, actually, on that. I would have liked to have seen this Dumbledore take on the Dursleys. Yeah. yeah I, really, I really missed the right beginning here because I just love Dumbledore meeting the Dursleys. Yeah, that's one of my favorites is when he gives... Uh, 
not that he dresses them down big time, but a little bit of it. I would have liked that. I thought it just didn't make sense for Harry to be, like, wandering around alone. Yeah, I mean, I think they tried to pass it off, you know, like he was being reckless and all that. I mean, I guess my thought was with the movie, you know, there are certain creative license that they have to take to make a movie. And I've always been able to really separate the movies from the books in a way that I can enjoy them and then I don't feel all disappointed because the book isn't exactly like the movie. And I thought they did a pretty good job of explaining themselves away with making it believable so that I didn't have to sit there and pick it apart. I don't mind the differences, the little things that get left out, even the things they add. Generally, I usually really like the little things they add. This was one particular thing that I would have liked to have seen the Dursleys on, though. I don't like that scene very much in the book, so it didn't bother me that it wasn't there. And I think the reason I liked it is that they had to set up in a way, they had to say Harry was grieving because that was missing from the book, obviously. And he says he likes riding around trains and it gets his mind off of things. And in that one sentence, they talked about the fact that Harry needed to be distracted. But then it also talked about Harry is looking at girls because it then makes sense for the rest of the movie because there was an emphasis on the teenage romance aspect of it. It's it's that point that they're saying, okay, Harry's... Because we left him in the last movie, he'd had a wet kiss with Cho and she'd basically betrayed him even though it was under Verita Serum. So you needed to see Harry interested in girls again in order to move into that storyline with Ginny. Yeah. That's what I felt like it did in the movie. Yeah. And I don't like the Dursleys and I don't care about that scene so I didn't care it wasn't there. (laughs) I did miss that part, you know, of him cooking their goose. But I do agree that that they were able to portray that Harry was... Yeah, I liked that they showed a little bit of the grieving and that it didn't just switch on, switch off, you know. I liked that better, I did. He was being reckless because he was grieving and, you know, he didn't really care what was going to happen because he just, he didn't care anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, even in the book that he doesn't really grieve. Even yeah. so much that he was reading the prophet out in the middle of everywhere in the cafe you know, and that someone had even noticed that it was a wizard paper. You know, that said a lot to me that he was being really careless. You know, and Dumbledore called him on it. So they did a good job of setting that up. I agree, but it would oh. still have been nice to see the Dursleys intimidated. Yeah, but they can't, like I told my husband, like they can't get it all in there. Fortunately for us, for Deathly Hallows, they're going to do the two movies. So we'll hopefully get a good, you know, look at the last Speaking book. And of, two did you notice so. when they had... Ron's toast and eggs set up in that little Deathly Hollow symbol on his plate. Yes, I did. <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> was, that what, was that what that was supposed to be? I just could yeah. not figure out what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I looked at it and they made such a big deal of it and it was actually a long time that they looked at it. I'm looking at it the first time I'm like, why do they care about the eggs? And I'm like, look, I'm like, it's significant. I know it is. And I'm just had no idea. And then I'm like looking at the second movie time I watched it and going, it's significant. I know they're making a deal of eggs, but why? I don't know. So now I know. <laughs> I have no idea why it was cut in that weird well, shape, and now I see. Well, it was in relief. It was wait, the toast. So wait, what is this symbol is on? Is like the the plate you see. The one they call it. Um, they, you know, we thought it was Grindelwald symbol, but it's really the symbol of the Deathly Hollows. There the, was the triangle and the, the, the triangle out, around the toast. Yeah. The spaces between the toast was the triangles. You were kind of seeing it backwards. You know, you weren't really seeing it like it was, it was negative. So you were. Now I see if someone has put this toast online. 
cardboard princess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got lots of people who want to tell us what they thought about the movie tonight. Okay, well, I'll finish. Hasn't yet eaten. I'll finish mine up, but I would just like to say that even though I am a rabid Harry Jenny shipper, I was mostly satisfied with the Harry Jenny in this. I don't know what the hell they were up to with the frickin' shoelace. Other than, you know, he would stand up, she would stand up, and they would have the almost kiss. But she didn't need to tie a shoe. I mean, they could have almost kissed without tying a shoe. Uh, that didn't do anything for <laughs> it's, Yeah, it's the whole Ginny has to take care of Harry thing, I don't know. That and the cookie. A cookie the cookie felt weird. It was a really big it. cookie, though. I mean, it was like the biggest cookie ever. It was all like the smallest bite. <laughs> I laughed at it. Every other teenage boy that I've ever met would have probably shut the whole thing in his mouth. And he's like... But she was holding it. You know, he had to take like yeah, a bite out of it. Yeah, that's an excuse to suck I have the fingers. impression he didn't really want the cookie. He just t- took it because she was the one offering. And then yeah. he had the little icing sugar powder on his nose. <laughs> <laughs> I like the two-faced, I like the Ron and Hermione scene so much better than the Harry and Ginny oh. scene. <laughs> I like that they two gave faces. her ample attention, they gave her final ingredient even. They did, yes. they did. Even though technically J.K., well, she says, I think it was his hair, so I don't think she even knew. So I think that, um, yeah, that was kind of cute, <laughs> and I laughed at that. <laughs> I really like the Ron and Hermione build up in this i think they did a good job with the ron hermione you know i really miss the sunlit days kiss i but i'm hoping that they make up for it in the first deathly hollows and i get to see a big fat smoochy drippy snog in that movie <laughs> i think that's what we get from ron and hermione deathly hollows from the reports i've heard <laughs> uh, yeah i read that yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. i'll uh, i'll be ever hopeful but i'm not i'm not holding my breath for it to be honest with yeah, you yeah me either we do know <laughs> that they are holding true to the epilogue and Ginny and harry eventually marry though so that that at least yes is... except that bonnie wright still thinks no. that it's 14 years <laughs> i could live without the epilogue if I hear one more time she talks about 14 years later, I'm going to send her an email. Say, <laughs> oh. please, pick up your book. <laughs> it's 19 years. Rupert Grint said 20. I'm like, it's 19, people. 19. <laughs> me out. I Who said Harry Potter people are obsessive? My husband, there was some guy at the movie, my husband, at the, that saw the movie alone, and my husband made the comment, he's like, he's probably been at every showing today. <laughs> and he's like, I think, you know, the Harry Potter people are a little obsessive. And I said, what am I? He looked at me, he's like, my wife. (laughs) 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 Oh, good save. But I just, the teenage romance part of it, I got that Harry and Jenny, I got that. I'm able to look past that, but just the whole Horcruxes, the memories, Slughorn was fantastic. I love the... I love the Felix. The, I love the oh, Felix scene. Harry's all hopped up. Win. That was so that funny. Felix Harry is awesome. Bitches. He was great. <laughs> he did wonderful in that scene. The I, pincers. I mean, <laughs> the pincers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My hands are going like pincers right now as I'm saying. I know. I'm doing that too. <laughs> Out of 
ten. What do you give it? I really have to go. I think nine and a half because I can't nine. do anything perfect. <laughs> I'll give it a nine. If my kiss would have been there and it would have been more realistic HG, I could have given it tops. And we got Ron included in that scene at the end. That really kind of irritated me. The, oh, the, my the, God. Yeah, me too, actually. Like, I, why was that sitting behind them in the dark? And never saying a word. Just kind of, it, it was just annoying. They banished Ron to the corner. Like, I cannot, I can't believe it. I mean, I know Hermione's super in the movies and Hermione is Harry's only friend in the movies but they did not have to make Ron sit in the corner and then not even then when they when he did stand up and go join them he's like 20 feet back it's like he's that. in another room. To be honest, I thought Ron came off as a better friend in this. I liked the, the camaraderie that they showed much more of between Harry and Ron in this one. They also like, showed a lot more camaraderie between Harry and Hermione, which I think was good foreshadowing for Deathly Hallows. Yeah. 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 That's always kind of been there. I, I, I did like the comment that Harry made to Dumbledore when he, was, when he said that, you know, he had noticed that he was spending a lot of time with Hermione. He's like, oh, no, you know, she's really brilliant, but... I think toward the end of that I didn't even really notice you know a lot about that final scene because I was just still too worked up about all of the Dumbledore and the Snape and the Gambon you know the Severus please and I was just, I mean I'm just like I was speechless and I was like holding my breath and then the Harry's touching the body and getting the locket and Jenny's like holding him and just like that that was uh, that that to me even that was bigger than the the scene in the cave with the him begging when when Harry was just just kind of carefully moving the hair out of his face after he had died I was just yeah like, oh. And he's just clutching Jenny. He's just clutching to her. And I mean, that part was right. I felt like they did that well. But I love that part. Just, and I love that's they my didn't favorite to... scene in the book. And all happy, happy. It was good. They ended the movie, and you and you felt the desperation. So I, you know, they they did hit a lot of good points. You know, so they it's the movie. You know what can you say? It's got my two thumbs up, and I'll sneak off and see it again. I'm sure it comes out in IMAX on July 29th, and I'm definitely going to see it at the IMAX. I can't wait to see it IMAX. Is it, is it supposed right, to be scenes or just 3D scenes? It's on IMAX, and then there are certain scenes, like the Quidditch scenes and then the opening scenes with, you know, the bridges and, and the Death Eaters. Those are th- in 3D. Oh, God, that yeah. would make me sick, because even the way it was in the oh, theater, with, the when, opening, it was, yeah. when the Death Roller Eaters were coaster. flying through the city, I was, I was starting to feel queasy. Oh, man, I, can, yeah. I can't wait to see that in IMAX, to have it, like, on that big, huge screen and, and like... Feel like you're in the middle that would of it. Be awesome. Yeah. All it, right. Gen two has to go and eat things. Kismet is waiting with bated breath. To okay. Be here. I'm going off to munch on something because I probably should go like drink copious amounts of alcohol too. It's been a rough day. <laughs> well, I hope it is a better lipstick-free day tomorrow for you, Gen two. <sighs> Me too. <laughs> okay. Good night, everyone. Bye, night. Bye. P.S. Were you going to go and see this? Movie? I was not going to go and see this movie, and then Keza Why made not? me. I was not going to see it because I knew I would hate it. You knew you would hate it. You were still so sure you would hate it, even after everybody kept coming back to say how much they loved it. Yes, because I am really picky, and I have hated all five previous movies as much as everybody said they liked them. 
and I just felt like I am just too picky to see these movies. <laughs> I am just too much of a cannon thumper to even have anything to do with them. So I thought, okay, I'm giving up. I'm giving up on the movies. I'm not going to see it. It just saves a lot of heartache for me when I go and I see they screwed up Horace and they screwed up Harry Ginny. And then Keza said I should go see it. And since I always do what Keza says, I went and saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like, oh, my God. I have no words. It was uh, so good. I am so I'm sitting glad in the cinema. you went to go see it. Hi, Hello. Kelly. Hello. Hello. I'm s- I swear to God, as soon as I saw that plaid, all I could think of I was know. you. I know. That's just the way it is because it was perfect. I'm sitting there I'm, and I'm, we're watching the first scene and I'm thinking, you know, this is really good. He's a really good slughorn. I like him, you know, because I'm not a real slughorn fan. And I'm seeing that it's the very first scene. I'm like, P.S. needs to come and see this. And then... <laughs> And I'm thinking, I've got to talk her into it because she, she's going to love this guy. And then we're watching and watching, and he starts wearing all this plaid. And I'm, like, about falling off my chair for giggles every time he comes up to me with plaid. Oh, my God. Nobody else knew why you were laughing, but I couldn't control it. It was so funny. And then they show the scene, and Tom Riddle gives him crystallized pineapple, and like, I am so making P.S. come to see this. It's got plaid. It's got lovable slughorn. And it's got crystallized well, I- pineapple. She must I, come. Chair. P- uh, P.S. When you said, I'm not going to see this, I'm not going to see this because, you know, I don't want to see Slughorn look like he's, you know, a foolish old man and yada, yada, yada. He so wasn't. I mean, it was I so know. obvious. It was like, this is a guy who likes the good things in life and he's so guilt ridden that he wants to hide from everybody. I just adored him. He was such a sweetheart. <laughs> Wasn't he just cute? He yes. was just cute. Was just, everything he said was just cute. Like when he's telling a story of the three broomsticks and, and when he turns into the chair and he waves his arm, it's like, oh, that's not finished. I didn't I, finish that was, back. <laughs> I felt so bad for him when he was sitting alone there drinking. I thought, you know, as that teacher bailed on him, I was like, oh, like he was very sweet. And I loved his story about the fish. Oh, I know. I was was sobbing by the end of the fish story. When they started talking about the fish and then poof, it was gone. And I was more watching Harry's face as they were talking about this. And and his face changed. And I was thinking poof. And I was like, oh, the character of Harry must be thinking of his parents. Just kind of, you know, something's there and then poof, it's gone. And then it was about Lily after all. It was just, it worked really, really well. And you could sort of see the Felix wearing off. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah, I really thought Harry was going to start crying. I mean, he looked like it, you know, and, and then he was trying to be so earnest with, you know, don't make her death any less. And, and, it oh, was and, then, like, and when, oh, my God, when his hand was shaking, when he was holding the bottle and he took the bottle. <laughs> you know what I think in this movie, the connection that he has with Slughorn that I didn't get from the books, but I got started to get from this movie is that, you know how Harry doesn't talk about his parents? He doesn't ask questions because you don't ask questions at the Dursleys. And we always complain about that. I got the sense that they're starting to make Harry actually really feel it. He was angry last movie, well, I don't have any parents. So that we'll get to the scene in the graveyard in Deathly oh, Hallows and God. he will actually, Daniel Radcliffe will actually be able to pull that off now I, because that's the I first time he actually mourns for his I'm so frightened of the fact that Steve Cloves is writing that scene because I want it to be about Harry and his parents and not have Hermione take it over, and I'm so afraid that that's what they're going to do. <laughs> so, so you want the you want the feeling of do of they know that their son is is so close to them? Yes, he might actually be under the ground with them. I want yeah. 
intensity of that scene without it being Hermione just taking it over, which which yeah. she, Steve you know, Hermione too. did not irritate me in this movie. Like I was expecting her to, no, because she, she always didn't. had in the past. But she was fine. I mean, they completely had her under control until pretty much the end. I mean, I didn't like like the bit where she goes off crying because it reminded me of Goblet of Fire, where the movie suddenly becomes about you know Princess Hermione's problems. <laughs> But <laughs> I loved was, like, when they were bit. making the potion and her bushy hair came back. I was so yes. happy to see yes. the return of that. <laughs> that was good. Again, I think it was Steve Close. But in Hermi- Her- Hermione, I thought Half-Blood Prince was the one that, that showed a lot of Hermione's faults. Like Order of the Phoenix showed Harry's, Goblet of Fire showed Ron, and Half-Blood Prince showed Hermione's. But I thought they kind of wiped out a lot of those. But not that I didn't expect him to. But I don't think either she Hermione came off or better in the movie. Focus. I mean... They were in there, but they didn't really have a lot of like sets where you saw what they were really thinking. One of my favorite lines, and I told this to Jules last night, one of my favorite lines is, it feels like this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. You should see my notes. I, I saw it twice, like Keza did. She made um, notes! <laughs> I, did, I took notes in the dark, and I'm surprised that I can even read any of my notes. I saw it at the midnight show, and I came home, and I was squeeing with Keza online at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I went to, to bed and when I got up the next morning, I actually had dreams about the movie and woke myself up laughing because I, I must have just been on that right as you wake up kind of thing. And all I could think of was the hug at the burrow because he did not want to let her go. The first time I saw that, I was like, Hermione, you bitch. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that I noticed the, the longing, the, like, they linger. Yeah. How long they actually linger. It's so, like, they pull apart and it's like that turnaround moment. It's like they've seen each other for the first time moment. And I missed it for the first time. I just wanted to pound Hermione's head in against a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> what oh about gosh. when Ron sits in between them at Christmas oh, that time? Was, yeah, that was <laughs> the other. <laughs> before that, before Ron even does that, Tonks and Remus leave. Arthur's still sitting there going, yeah, hello, Harry. Ginny comes in, she sits down, and Arthur's like, right, well. And you see how close Harry was pressed into that. Like, there was just no room but three people on that little couch. And it was like, like it, I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, like, there's three other chairs in the room, and Ron has to sit between them. It's like, just oh. left. Arthur just left a vacant chair. <laughs> Remus was just sitting in a chair. Fox was sitting on a buffet and he has to sit right between. I know. And then the next scene was the one up on the staircase and Ginny's first words are, has Ron gone to bed yet? I think she was just making sure he wasn't going to answer. <laughs> you should see my notes. I have in really big letters and underlined. Remember, I'm writing this in the dark, okay? And I have written across the entire page, it says, shoelace and it's underlined like three times <laughs> what did you think about the shoelace there kelly <laughs> um i thought it was cute and i guess i must be a guy because i went there <laughs> okay <laughs> I went there, but I everyone's like the shoelace the shoelace and i was like okay watching for this shoelace scene and i'm like 
<laughs> well, that must be what they're talking about. Oh, it was funny. Hey, Dan, it I have funny. to ask you a question. I asked Mr. Kesser this last night because I believe everything that Melinda says, right? Because <laughs> like, I'm her favorite. That's why. Not if you're going to disagree with me. Because <laughs> I said to Mr. Kesser, I'm like, okay, remember the saying as she tied a shoelace? And he's like, uh-huh, yep, right. I'm like, did you think anything naughty? He's like, what? Huh? Huh? What? And he's looking at me like I'm weird, right? So, Dan, I have to know, the boys not, like, boast and tease each other about sex when they get together? Uh, it depends who you hang out with, really. <laughs> uh, well, these are guys who have lived together for six years now. Some guys are just really uncomfortable talking about that with each other, and then some guys, I know, just talk about everything with each other to the point where it's kind of scary. Do you think it would be reasonable that Harry doesn't know anything? Because I read fanfics, and this is the argument that Brian was putting forth, that Harry is this, like this innocent who doesn't actually know anything. So he's thinking Harry's mind isn't going there because Harry wouldn't think of variations on the theme. And I'm thinking, why does everyone think Harry doesn't know anything about sex? Dudley Soto has a porn stash. I'm sorry, but he does. He sees the TV, he would read things at the newsagent or the supermarket, and he's lived in a dorm. And Ron has how many older brothers? Like, I'm thinking if you're in a family with older brothers, effectively Harry is. He spends some summers at the boroughs. Fred and George aren't going to come along and, like, mock Ron about shaving. And Even without Ron, Harry has his own friendship with Fred and George. Fred and George aren't quiet about anything. I can't see them being... Yeah. Okay, no, only I, Wizard Rock fans are going to get what I'm saying right here, but who teaches sex ed at Hogwarts? Fred George. Fred and George. But that's the thing that I don't understand, that just because there's no sex ed at Hogwarts, you know, because a lot of fan fiction writers make a big deal about it and Harry must be so innocent. I'm like, he's hanging out with boys. Seamus is also not a quiet person. Well, just because JKR doesn't write about it doesn't mean it's yeah. not there either. Right. I mean, she doesn't give all the intimate details of, of them going to the bathroom or, or like even like they, they say Harry never gets sick but Harry at one point compared something to it, it felt like he had a really bad case of the flu so obviously he knows what the flu feels like he's had it at some point but it just doesn't yeah, go into just every minute to to of every single sense. day sorry I can't picture them having sex at Hogwarts I mean what teacher would you want to teach you sex ed <laughs> <laughs> Professor Bins <laughs> I think Flitwick might be a hoot God, of course. And somebody made a point of, look how uncomfortable they were talking about their skin. They have nice skin. They're talking about Ginny and Hermione. Yeah, Exactly. And they're talking about Ginny and Dean. And and also, it's like, ooh, we don't want to think about our roommate doing anything with Ginny. Exactly. I mean, if they're talking about, you know, Hermione, it would be totally different. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't buy the argument that Harry's innocent and that he, his mind couldn't have gone there because he didn't know variations on the theme. Well, I he might. knew enough to take a breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> I might buy the argument that random producers on the set of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince thought of it, but I don't think that it was intentional. I'm not willing to, to believe that that was, that was simply slipped by and no one pointed them out all this time. I think they knew exactly what they were doing because that sells. And it was very subtle, but it was there. I I, I refuse to believe that that was just unintentional. It could be. Well, I thought it was um, a very good excuse for her to get close to him. Where I sat in the theater, the whole row behind me, there must have been 15 teenage boys there that had come together. We got to in there, and we sat there for probably a good hour, an hour and a half before that show started. So 
they were talking a lot beforehand. So you just kind of, you know, you overhear what they're saying. And there was this one that was sitting directly behind me. He was saying he couldn't wait for his favorite scene. And it was uh, after the Quidditch mass when Harry finally kisses Ginny. So I couldn't help it. I turned around. I'm like, you know, they cut that scene, right? And he's like, <laughs> they did not. And I'm like, no, they really did. And he was here. It was so funny. But anyway, after a while, these guys kind of started getting on my nerves because they just wouldn't stop talking. And I was like, when this movie starts, they better shut up because I'm thinking there's no other place to get a seat. It was sold out. And they went on and on and on. Finally, though, once the movie started, they did shut up. Actually, they commented right in the right spot. So I enjoyed sitting in front of them. But when that scene ever came up, the, the, the one, I literally, I think the one behind me fell out of his chair because they were howling. And it, they weren't even the ones to make the rude comment. It was somebody down further. So it was, it, it was a lot of the guys in that cinema that were getting that exact same reaction. So it, it might have just been the audience that I was with, but I thought it was funny. I laughed. Yeah, I, I sniggered a little bit. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Jam Bella. Excuse. Hello, Miss Interrupt Us. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right. Speaking of Bellatrix, we are going to call up the Bellatrix fanboy because he has some startling news for us. That was the funniest thing about Bellatrix, though, that her wand is bent. I thought that was. I noticed that in Order of the Phoenix, but you know, in the scene where they do the unbreakable vow, it's really obvious. She's like, as she brings out this wand, and it's like oh, bent, and it looks even worse. I just love. <laughs> but who liked Bellatrix in this? Because I thought that she was fantastically I crazy was and absolutely. The best of all, I really, really enjoyed her. She the fact is that Bellatrix. Her. Yes, she is, isn't she? Whenever I see her, she reminds me of her character in Sweeney Todd. So I, haven't seen I think one of my favorite scenes with her in this one was the where they're in Snape's house and he's like, "We must not touch things that aren't ours or whatever." It so gives yeah. him a look. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Do you ever notice she likes she to blow the, things up? Yeah, she really she gives like, And I love I when was, he did something about Dumbledore being the greatest wizard of all time that she literally growled at him. Hey, oh, that reminds me. In that scene where you get like two seconds of Wormtail, a bit gypped. But anyway, Snape stands there and he says very regularly, he's like, I ha- something along the lines of, I have spent years fooling the greatest wizard of all time. And I thought he meant... Voldemort, and but if that's what he's saying, he is saying that to the audience. I've been defe- de- defeating. Um, what is the word I'm looking for? He's been tricking Voldemort the whole time. But to Bella and Narcissa, he was saying Dumbledore, and like you can take it both ways. And I thought that was just beautiful. Yeah. In a, in a way, he was breaking the third wall. He was yes, talking. Yes, that's what I mean. And because I know about Snape, that's what I heard. I heard I've been, I've been tricking Voldemort this whole time and I'm fantastic. And the second time I heard it, I actually saw the way he looked at Bellatrix at the time. I think it was Bellatrix or whatever. And I realised he was saying Dumbledore, in fact. You know, who is the greatest wizard? And it's like, I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I totally, totally read it as him meaning Voldemort because the way he says it, he stops before he talks about Dumbledore. So, like, Dumbledore is not the one he's referring to. I like that. When that scene started, I was just like, I think I was, like, almost holding my breath because I was like, oh, this is Snape and he's going to be fantastic in this movie. And I was just, like, waiting with bated breath. You know, like, Alan Rickman never disappoints with Snape. So it's not that I was waiting for him... To disappoint me, I was waiting for him to wow me. Does that makes sense? Yes. I get it. Richard is here! Did he I just fall off of his like... chair? 
Sorry. <laughs> I almost did. Um, We're talking about so, Bellatrix and Snape. I have a question. This actually has to do with Snape a little bit. After the Sectum Sempra in the bathroom, yeah. who was in the doorway? I don't know. I thought it was maybe Crabbe and Goyle. Why was did the- Snape oh. do anything to Harry in that? I didn't get that. I know. I, 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 I really, I, I missed the moment where he realized what spell it was because that's when he realizes Harry has the book and I missed isn't there a line where he's like we don't do not do spells you don't know what they are that didn't happen in the movie at all they didn't even no. I know I, I'm saying I missed that I wish that was you, there he didn't confront Harry with you know how dare you use my own spells against me until outside see yeah. that is why Alan Rickman's Snape disappoints me because he is always so like together and cool and like but he's not I mean Snape is like he spits when he's angry you know I mean like he's, well, he's and he, I just miss seeing him get so angry about being called a coward and I miss seeing him get so angry about or talk about being half blood prince more because otherwise he just says he's a half blood prince and they didn't even talk about Elaine I think that's more of a writing and direction problem more than Rickman but I mean I, I, I saw it as more of him just being absurdly shocked at what had happened and yeah in this scene i was surprised that he didn't reprimand harry but on the other hand draco was bleeding out on the floor so his first priority has to be draco but as harry was leaving the bathroom there was as harry people was in leaving, the doorway. There was somebody standing in the doorway no one stops harry leaving he's almost committed murder and everyone just like there was one person standing in the doorway was it that. filch who was it Probably. Well, it was probably Filch. Well, let's think about that logically for a second. You see Harry Potter, the most famous wizard almost in the world. He just cuts up Draco pretty badly with a pretty heavy, dark spell. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm not going to step in front of him. He's, I'm, I'm going to let him go. Like, I'm not going to... I would think if you were a teacher in a school, as Snape is, and one of your students basically stabs the other student in the chest and he nearly dies, I think you would at least give him detention. Yeah, well, I was I mean, referring to the detention for throwing up on his shoes. You'd think he'd say something about <laughs> that. Made me laugh so hard. I'm for the person in the doorway, not the teacher. But okay, you're talking about Harry being one of the most "quote unquote" powerful wizards alive, kind of thing. There were two different people who deflected spells from him like they were nothing. Fenrir Greyback yeah. and Snape both did it. It was just brushing the spell aside. Poof. That was it. I, when, what do you I mean, Harry? when Snape did it, but when at Fenrir first, did it. I was really confused about what that was because I thought maybe is it I, was it meant to be Protego and they just didn't say it. Yeah, they didn't say many of the smells. Even even in the bathroom, oh, they were lighting. They were nonverbal. Sempra is the only spell they actually said out loud. Yeah. Yeah, I was just confused about because I was like, "What is this? Some kind of weird force field?" But I think it must have been Protego, and they just didn't say it. Yeah, but because that would have got messy, I think verbally hearing protect protect you know it would yeah. a battle is confusing enough so for them to be fighting i think it was just i think it had a bit more impact for them to be nonverbal spells well even I even, even the offensive spells were nonverbal not just the protective ones but the offensive yeah. ones were too yeah. every, every, I, was, I was just generally disappointed that there wasn't a battle like the death eaters just kind of came in and trashed the place and left yeah, yeah, nobody cares. But you know why? They're, they're, because we had one in Order of the Phoenix, and we're going to have them in Deathly Hallows. And yeah. I remember someone saying, it's a break. Because if we have another one now, it's like overkill. For example, like the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, I'm just saying that they had the huge battle in the second one, and they had another huge battle. Yeah, I mean, there's like, a that th- movie had a battle like every 10 seconds. And I mean, it just, I it was like, oh, good, another battle. And it, was, it wasn't as exciting when you have them all the time. 
time as opposed to... And the to, other thing you know, I, I just, found... I, I liked, what I liked about the battle in Heppler Principle, though, was what it said about how the rest of the DA hadn't responded because they had thought it was just this fun thing to do to defy Umbridge and they weren't actually serious about doing it until Dumbledore died because they didn't yeah, respond when Hermione called them. But see, in the movie, we don't get the same feeling of the, of the DA. So mm-hmm. I th- that's one of the plots that sort of has to go. You know how a plot... Plots have to go when you convert it to the to the movie. I think that what they were they were trying to emphasise something different because you know how at the end of Half Blood Prince Harry says I have to go it alone and Haron and Hermione are like don't be ridiculous. I think that this way that they did this actually made Harry seem more alone and it made his comment that oh, I have to go off by myself actually more believable because at the end of Half Blood Prince in the book I didn't I was thinking Harry you're an idiot. Why are you even saying that? I didn't understand it. Whereas in the movie, it, sa- it sounded more believable when Harry goes, no, I have to do this alone. And Hermione's like, you're thick. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he is. But I believed Harry more because he'd been alone that whole time. It was a very solitary sort of fight. It was Harry against the rest of them. And it was very quiet. And it made Bellatrix, the crazy lunatic, stand out because it was not as such of a thing. So that's why I think it worked. I think it did work, although it's not the same as the book. That worked for me. So what did you all think of Dumbledore's reaction to Harry's reaction oh, to the ring? yes. This is why we have brought Richard in. Before we get to that... Oh. <laughs> I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, okay. well, just before we get to, to the Horcrux whole thing, you know, the really important part. Richard, how did yes. you feel about Michael Gambon three or four days ago? To be, be honest, I had to recently call off a hit, but luckily I managed to get them at the last minute to keep them from burning him alive. <laughs> so, would it be safe to say that you are not a Michael Gambon fanboy? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a... <laughs> I believe there was a, some sort of pact where you were going to stand up and clap in the cinema as he went over Yeah, I think park. Melinda Leos was going to... Melinda, you were going to do that too, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was and also I, Tina... Please explain to me, Melinda and Richard, if you would, how you now feel about Dumbledore and Michael Gambon. Well, see, I like I like Gambon, but I think that if Keza keeps rubbing this in our face, that she might have to take his place. No, she's not, Keza did rub Gambon. I'm just teasing. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm just kidding. I like I'm Gambon. Just, I I'm just sitting but. here. I think he finally got it in this movie. I'm still not giving him any leeway on the other movies, but in this movie... <laughs> this does not forgive the slamming Harry into the cabin. No, See, hold on definitely. a second. I think we have to re- reevaluate what actually happened in Goblet of Fire because I saw it continuously with the other films, and I don't think he like grabbed him to shove him into the stack of trophies or whatever. It was like he grabbed him, and like the momentum he was coming in with kind of pushed them both back. I don't think it was like... Well, I think I got, we, we can't go overboard here. I don't want to take away. He really did. He was violent in the fourth one. Like, <laughs> he has come a long way. I'm not debating that I didn't particularly care for Michael Gambon in Goblet of Fire. I didn't mind him in Order of the Phoenix. Goblet of Fire, the whole movie was a little bit off. I think that they had a bad director in for he, he, well, he was in the take, third one too, wasn't he? The third like- one doesn't... I don't know, man. He was okay in the third one, sort he's of. He's okay in the third one. Wait, well, he didn't have the a fourth, huge part in it. Yeah, he's okay in the third one. The fourth one, man. I don't know. I can't go past that. Very the fifth one... I think he's done okay when he's had a capable director and a decent writer. Thank you. It's the director, not the actor. <laughs> I think it's 50-50, personally. But, but yeah, it's like he worked hard to get the 
the subtle subtext instead of just what he was saying. Like, they actually took the time to show that on the actor's face. Like, for example, when Gamden found out that Harry was a Horcrux, you see it, like, cross his face and, like, implications of that. They actually took the time to give it a good three or four seconds, you know, of showing. Even though James looked at me and he was like, Harry was just a snake, how obvious was (laughs) I was like, shut up, (laughs) you don't understand. I was sitting there with my sister who I we went together to the, the second time we saw it. We're sitting there and we're talking about it. Everyone was still at the midnight showing because I'd seen it twice and I'd come home and, you know, because I'm from the future and I'm waiting for everyone else to get home from the midnight showing. Like, looking at the time, I'm like, it's only 1 a.m. in America. Me, 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 me. <laughs> no one is home yet at the time creeps on. You know, it's, it's 2 a.m. No one's home yet. I'm sitting there and waiting for people to come up on Skype. And I've, I've written my review of my preview and I've said, you are all going to love Gamb and I'm really, I haven't been smoking anything. I swear, Brian sends me a message. We are so going to talk when I go home from work. <laughs> <laughs> you can't convince me, Keza. No, you are just complete. What have you been smoking? And I'm waiting for everyone. I'm like, please, please, please let me be right. It wasn't just me. I wasn't, I swear I wasn't smoking anything. I'm waiting for the Skype to pop up. Richard pops up. And we, my sister and I both look at the screen and we're like, is he going to come on and tell me <laughs> off? <laughs> the thing was, I had swirled myself with that clip because that was on Yahoo. And I watched All that right. on Monday night and thought, oh, my God, I got to see the rest of this. <laughs> and when you said, oh, yeah, it's so good, blah, blah, I was like, okay, you just confirmed what I'm thinking is going to happen here. So I was well, looking Rich- forward to that. And so I'm waiting for Richard to get home. I'm waiting for Kelly to get home. I'm sitting there on my Skype waiting for America to get home from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard was like, Kaza! He pints in massive. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm in so much trouble. He hates it and he's going to blame me. And he's like, you can't tell anyone this. <laughs> like, I still don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It was like P.S. It was a P.S. Ship's Harry Ginny moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> he may as well have said, You're not going to believe it. I've just fallen so in love with <laughs> Michael Lambert's Dumbledore. You won't believe it. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad, but I'm sitting there and I actually physically went, Yes! And I bumped my fist in the air. <laughs> because I've been sitting <laughs> at the fact that Richard just called you a dork. <laughs> I love you to death, but th- that, that was just, when you told me that you were actually doing fist pumps as you typed in your little emotes, I was just, I started rolling around. It was hilarious. Kaz's <laughs> response to me was, go read the forum. Richard capitulated. And I went, no way. And she was like, way. <laughs> You've got to understand, I won these tickets with which is really hilarious because I'm editing a podcast at the moment where I talk about, do you think I should enter the competition twice or ten times? And then they start mocking me because I have peel and stick stamps. Anyway, so I talk about that. And then the podcast we recorded last week, we're talking about how Gen 2 and I nearly broke up because I have preview tickets and she can't come with me, you know. <laughs> so so you've got to understand, I've been sitting for two days on this movie. It is so hysterically funny that 
we all got to see Star Trek before you did, and you were like, no, don't stop talking about it. I got to have somebody to talk about it with when I get finally get to see it, and yada, yada, yada. And then you get to see Harry Potter before any of us, and you, you, can't, you can't talk to and us. I, I went with my husband, who is not a Harry Potter person. He did a sorting test the other day, and he got Gryffindor, and he was really upset and decided he was going to be a Slytherin anyway. And he's put a Slytherin tag up on his Skype. He's replaced the family picture with a Slytherin crest. My kids Voldemort and play Harry Potter with him. He did not enjoy the movie because there wasn't enough blood and guts. And I'm like, huh? He also said there's not enough Voldemort. Voldemort wasn't even in it. What is the point? Like Goyle in the Potter musical. What is the point? No, Voldemort. You know. And I said, well, I will say this. When we were leaving... We went with my mother. I went the second time, and I took my parents because I'm forcing them to love all that is Harry Potter against their will. And she actually said at the end of this movie, she goes, you know what? I do need to read these books. I think I will enjoy them. And I'm like, "Ah." (laughs) So we get there, and I said, no, Voldemort was in the movie. (laughs) He's just walked in the room. He's very impressed that I'm talking about him. I'm like, Voldemort was in the movie. He's like, where? I'm like, you know the kids and the evil little kid at the orphanage and the kid with the... He's like, oh, they're just little baby Voldemort. They don't count. (laughs) (laughs) Did did anybody but me uh, notice the fact that uh, the purple suit was missing when Dumbledore went to uh, the orphanage? I think it was supposed to be purple. It looked looked black and white striped. What was with all the suits, though? Why did Draco Malfoy wear a suit the whole time? When do wizards wear suits? I know. I thought that was a bit odd. He looked very nice. Fair enough. I just like I don't. There was a question I had about Draco, besides the fact that Tom Felton did an absolutely marvelous job of giving us the haggard look all the way to the end. That was great. On the train, they weren't in a compartment. They were in an open car. Yeah. That Suddenly, was, why were they really in the dining car? Yes. Could not figure out what the layout of this train is supposed to be because, like previously, they'd only shown compartments, and then Draco and. Blaze and this girl who isn't Pansy were sitting at like a table attached to the wall. That's the dining car. That's the dining car, but I don't know why they they were in the dining car. Because they weren't dining. It doesn't have a dining car because it doesn't have people, it doesn't have like a selling food in the dining car as the way of the trolley. You know what? I think it was just a choice because that was the easiest way to shoot the scene, I think. Right. Oh, because he couldn't get into their compartment. Look, I didn't mind it that way myself. Like, it didn't bother me, but I think it was just... I, I don't know, it was choice. just me Might being have been weird. Easier. I just feel like it's complete mom, because I can't, I saw the movie twice, and I still can't figure out how Harry got up, like, where the luggage was. <laughs> he but did he, it in the dark. Well, yeah. Who was the girl? Was she credited as Pansy? Because she wasn't the Pansy room before, was she? No, she wasn't. This girl was... I don't know. No, the, uh, she was credited as, as Pansy. I'm looking at the IMDb cast list now. I wanted to know if I was crazy or not, because that is, I do not think it's the Pansy from before. It's not the same, Pansy. Hello? Hello, yeah. is that Tim? Yeah. Hi, Tim. We're talking Hi. about uh, Hogwarts Express, and we are discussing... What are we discussing? Peruvian Darkness Powder Pansy? versus Invisibility Cloak? Well, or Peruvian Darkness Powder and Invisibility Cloak. Yeah, we're also he had discussing the merit. The merits of the dining car and Pansy Parkinson, yes or no? Well, I think we're going into pragmatic adaptation territory because there's only so much you can do straight across. Jen is having cell phone issues. She Jen wants to know. to know. I wanted to know what you guys thought about how Harry got up there with the luggage. Like, there is no ladder. 
Jenny's, Jenny's saying what he I'm saying. He hopped Jenny's up saying. there when it was all dark. Yeah. He, yeah, but how did he get up there? There was no ladder, man. Just he used stand to, on the table. He would have sat on he levitated on himself with, um, um, what's it called? Leviosa. Oh, <laughs> no, um, Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> Can you do that? Wingardium would... Leviosa. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my kids have been watching the movies over and over again. I swear I've seen Chamber of Secrets about six times in the last three days. I don't know what is. My husband sits there the next day. They're put on Chamber of Secrets, and he looks at it. And getting to the end scene, and Dumbledore's were holding up the book. Mr. Kent's are suddenly like, hey, that movie really just ties into the one we just saw, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. No kidding. <laughs> I, can't, I can't watch that one all the way through anymore. I get really bored. <laughs> I was watching it and it's a scene and they've just McGonagall's just come in and she's told them you're not allowed to leave the tower and the thing well the school will have to close down and they're all like <gasps> and Ginny's looking these? and Percy's looking and all of a sudden Harry goes I think we need to get my dad's cloak out again <laughs> and I laugh every time he says that line he just is so fake it's just a little um, <laughs> if I may interrupt for just a second I- I think that the first two movies, which are arguably the most faithful to the source material, show both the good points and the bad points of straight-up adaptation. I mean, it's extremely faithful to the source material, but it just shows that books and movies are different animals, for lack of a better term. What looks good on paper and print comes across quite different on film. Yeah, that's a given. Yeah, I know, that goes without saying. Chamber of Secrets was my favorite before this one, because of that. I have issues with the third one. Talking about number six, people. I was so right, sad right, when McGonagall right. came on in that scene, that at the the first scene that she came in, because I thought she that we kept talking about how old Dumbledore was supposed to look, and I thought it was her that looked. She looked just ancient. I was like, oh yeah. no. Oh. I think it was the lighting too, because you're talking about sunlight, and sunlight is very unforgiving. I thought she really looked old. I was really sad. surprised how old Maggie Smith looked. The actor has been sick as well. In that scene, like when she was talking to everybody in the quarter, and there was this comment about Roger Davies was sneaking into the girls' bathroom or something like that. Yeah. Did you catch that? I kept thinking, I wonder if it was Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. <laughs> I was waiting for Morning Myrtle to show yeah. up when Draco and Harry were in the bathroom. Yeah, because yeah. it was it was supposed to be yeah. Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was a boys' bathroom. Did you see the rank of urinals? How many urinals do they need? Like, seriously, there was like 20 and a bunch of toilets. I'm like, that's why there's never a line at the men's room then. Yeah. <laughs> it must be. Yeah, the, it must I mean, it was probably a little bit much, but we, we don't skimp on those. <laughs> See, I used to clean men's toilets when I was working at McDonald's. We're all going to stand back and aim. <laughs> and there's only ever, like, one or two urinals in there, and there's, like, 24 of the silly things in this bathroom. Like, and, you know, I know it's a big castle, but really, you know. <laughs> you know, you for a the big... entire house in that bathroom. For a big castle, didn't it seem really empty, though? Like, every other scene was somebody running alone in a long, dark corridor. I was just like, where yeah. are all the people? I think it was Except supposed that- to show how they had, like, curfews or something. Because they didn't really have people talking about the warp, so they kind of showed it more subtly. They were dr- yeah, Draco I was-, was going to the Room of Requirement and he, before, they, before the Death Eaters arrived. There were people in the hallway. You could barely see them. But they were around the corner from the door. That you see him turn right and go down the hallway away from the camera. 
and just to the right in the shadow were like six people they were all talking and that's when McGonagall was telling them go back to your dormitories they were along and the hallway there. And there snogging in the hallway just there. That's right, there hey, were. Tim, uh. we brought you on the line for a moment to talk on our Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince movie Squeefest. We've yeah. spoken to Jen too, who had to hold her husband's hand during the cave scene. We've talked about Richard's turnaround moment where he now is in love with Michael Gambon. We have <laughs> spoken to P.S. What did we talk to you about, P.S.? Horace. Horace, that, how could I forget? You know. So what was your favourite part of the movie? That's a tough one. Well, to be honest, I'm kind of ambivalent about the th- about the third book in general and the storylines. I mean, the I'm third book or the wait, wait the third I'm, book. This is the sixth book, sixth book, sixth book. I mean, I was kind of ambivalent about it in general because it became obvious it was just the first half to a longer story. I mean, even I have called it half baked plot from time to time. Some of the, my the best moments in the book were left out or modified so that they didn't resemble them as much, but okay, I, I admit I'm stalling a bit. It's really hard to say. I'll admit, I liked it from beginning to end. There are a few parts that I liked more than others. Um, Which character did you like the best? Did you have I anybody who thought gave a really stellar performance? Uh, I liked Harry and Dumbledore in this one. I liked how they try. The became obvious from the beginning of the film that they were trying to establish a kind of mentor-student, almost grandfather-grandson relationship between Harry and Dumbledore. Like it picks up like right where the fifth movie left off, and I liked that. I liked Harry's character growth. I still hate that Cloves gives Hermione all of Ron's best lines, but the character growth is good because you can see quite a bit of it. Uh oh, we lost somebody. Who did we lose? Yeah, with Jen. Okay, here's what we're going to do, Tim. We're going to get your feelings on the movie, and we're going to get Richard also to sign off, because what happened was when I pulled extra people in, Jen started to drop. We're going to ditch you now. (laughs) We can't have this many people on the line. Quite a bit of it was different than the way I saw it in my head, but the imagery was good, the setting was good, it made... Hogwarts go from looking very warm and very inviting to very cold and foreboding at just the right moments. I really enjoyed the cave because it looked scary and foreboding and you could tell they put a lot of thought into it. Heck, you could tell a lot about a lot of that, those settings in this film. It was very well thought out. I think they're really starting to hit their stride in it with these movies. I think they really started to hit their stride around the fifth movie and that they just keep getting interesting. I like that you can be broad strokes about the book. You get the basic points, and it's enjoyable, and you have a lot of the the best moments. They're just... They put the slightly different spin on it, and it's enjoyable. So overall, you it. give the movie, what, out of 10? I'd say about an 8.5. That's a good rating. That's a good rating. Would you go to see it again? Oh, yeah. And what was your favorite scene? The Aragog funeral scene. I enjoyed that. I don't know if I have favorite scenes. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. There were good moments and good so, character moments. And Cool. Richard, what was your favorite scene? Well, I'm kind of conflicted between a couple. Um, one is... Well, the first half of the of Felix Harry when he's interacting with Horace at the greenhouse and the whole yeah, oh, yeah. That, was awesome. <laughs> that whole sequence was awesome. <laughs> yeah, well Horace then, okay, like, come on, <laughs> Harry, sir. <laughs> yeah, how did then, you get out of the castle through the back door? <laughs> it's funny. It was good funny. 
I really, really, really enjoyed the. I really enjoyed the Spinner's End scene too. Um, like I wasn't expecting them to put that in. Like I was dreading that it was going to be cut, but it made it, and I was glad with it. It looked really good, and just you know, those two are you know best scenes for me. I mean, a lot of them were good, but those two stand out the most for me. I have to say I agree. So what would you give it out of 10, Richard? Uh, out of 10, probably a 9. All right, and before you go, can you say one last thing for me? Oh, Maybe. Say, Michael Gambon rules. Well, Michael Gambon doesn't rule, but he is Dumbledore. How's that? All right. Awesome. Okay, we're going to try and okay, get Ben back on the line. So we're going to say goodbye to you two guys, and thank you for coming on the podcast and joining us and giving us your take. On the awesome, awesome movie. Bye, Richard. Bye, Tim. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Now, Sue can't join us. I was going to call Sue, but she Sue is, is, Sue is canning. Right. Okay, so what we need from her, you get a favorite from Sue and a favorite scene, Dan. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite scene, Dan? As an HG fanatic, uh, I, I mean, you want the light? He's not a HG fanatic. Hands up! Oh, that'd be all of us. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> Even though we didn't get our Quidditch kits, I had, I would have to say the rumor of requirement. I mean, it's the only thing we got. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the biggest thing we got, really. I love the rumor of requirement because I don't like the Quidditch kiss. I think it comes out of the blue, and I don't like the way it flows. But the rumor of requirement, if the rumor requirement scene had been the one in the book, I'd have shipped HG from the book. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she says instead, that. Now we, uh-huh. <laughs> instead, it took Melinda Leo to win you over. <laughs> hey, does it, has, it, has everyone here seen the Very Potter musical? Uh, I have not. What? Harry have you seen musical. the very on YouTube? Melinda, you've yeah. seen it, haven't you? I've, yeah. Did you like your little nod in there? Who's little nod? You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Oh. <laughs> in the scene where Harry dies Me? and goes to Dumbledore, yeah. and Dumbledore gets out the list and says, I've got a list of things I have to tell you. And he says, you're the seventh Horcrux. Oh. And I was like, oh, they've read it. They gave Melinda too. <laughs> because the time it's ever referred to as seventh Horcrux is the title of your fic. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere else I'm like they totally know about that you know because it was a big scan you know and yeah. I'm like oh Melinda Leo yeah, got a little nod woohoo and then I was like oh fangirl I know yeah I don't think it's that but that's funny one more fangirly moment to Melinda is that throughout the movie I was thinking not when I get home I'm going to reread Deathly Hallows I was thinking when I get home I'm going to reread Seven Horcrux Aww. Aww. That's awesome. Aww. Yay, P.S. <laughs> I have Sue's information. Sue said she liked Harry on Felix, the cave, <laughs> and Slughorn as a chair, and Albus helping clean up afterward. And she said the so- rating was harder because she was disappointed, but she thinks it was more because of the kitten missing and it being really, really late. And she said go with an 8 out of 10. Now, in, in the movie, they, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but wasn't uh, in the book. It wasn't Muggles' house. It was Slughorn's house, correct? No, it was it was Muggles' houses. They were it was Muggles on holiday. Yeah, it was they're a in Muggles the Canary house. Islands in the book. In the book, yeah, I think it, they're in it, the Canary it, Islands. It, it is the Canary Islands in the books. It, it says yeah. he's been moving. He's been moving around since the end of Goblet of Fire. Or yeah, he's yes. been moving around since the end of Goblet of Fire because he believed he was back when Harry initially said that. Yeah, he doesn't stay anywhere longer than a week. Right. That is not his house. I thought it was interesting that he carries the shelf with him. And the piano. And all the pictures. And the piano. If I can nitpick, I really miss I miss that line because he says, you better not shoot, let them catch you moving in the piano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Keza, I know where you're going to go. 
the picture mm. that was leaked. What? Remember? There was yeah, a and Harry was sitting playing the piano. The and piano. Harry doesn't play the piano. I'm like, well, that wasn't even in the movie. Actually, and it was, was leaking. There was a couple of different things that were in that weren't in the movie. Somebody said the quote this afternoon. They said it on in the uh, in the spoiler thread. It was. Uh, I'll be okay, I'll be with Dumbledore. And we didn't see that in the movie. It wasn't there. That that was when Harry was going up to meet him in the astronomy tower. That was the scene that was cut when when Hermione and Ron were saying, you know, aren't you scared or be careful or whatever they were saying to him. And he says, everything will be all right, I'll, I'll be with Dumbledore. I wanted to see that and they cut it. I was on Leaky and they were all having a whinge about... Um we got all these shots and they weren't they were in the movie. They were all having a what? A, a wine. A winch? A winch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, don't you know winch? No, I no, don't know winch. funny. That is why it is so funny that Harry lives in little whinging. It's a little whining. little whining. That's how I pronounce it, too. Yeah, it wasn't until I heard it on something that I realized it was whinging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never knew you actually said the G. It's not the, it's not the same as a wine. A, win, a wine is like, Mom, I don't want it. You know, like you drag out, oh, and you talk through your nose, right? That's What's whining. A whinge is more having a bitch. Often it's combined with a whining tone, but yeah. Mm, the junior is a whinger because it's like, oh, that, that misses number two. With, she hasn't watered her lawn and it's going to bring down the whole street. That's a whinge. Oh. You see? See, you That the Dursleys live in a little whinging. It cracks me up every time. Just awesome. But so I'm on Leaky and they're whinging about, oh, we got this photo. And like the first photo we ever got of Harry with the book. And they're saying that wasn't even in the movie. I'm like, no, it was just a different camera angle. If you're paying attention, that's how when he comes in, when Ron's been eating all the yes. chocolates. And he's standing yes. there in the doorway staring at Ron. It's just that we see a different angle, camera angle. They've focused on Ron. I have to ask this question. I'm wondering if anybody picked up on this or if it was me. And can, part of the reason I loved the rumor requirement scene so much is that it's Ginny who's the one that goes with him to get rid of the book because she yeah. has Tom Riddle's Only diary. One so she knows, knows what it's is. like. Yeah, yeah, he does it. He yes. shut his eyes. So Ginny's the only one that knows right now where that book is. So I, I hope it means that get to that Indeed. scene in Deathly Hollow. She'll be and there too. And you know what, Melinda, what I'd really like to see is I'd like Ginny to remember seeing the diadem when they were in there. I'd like it to be Ginny who knows where it is. I looked and, and looked see- and looked for the diadem the second time that I saw the movie. Every time they went to the room requirement, I'm looking all over the background. Where's the bus? Oh, no, I, the I did, too. I looked for the diadem, but I, I didn't see it. It was really hard do, to take I out anything. I do really there. hope they yeah. leave yeah. it in the room requirement. See, in Deathly Hallows, I think it's Ginny who takes him to it. They never said anything about Hufflepuff's Cup or something from Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. They, I they know. They it didn't sound like Horcruxes could be anything. So they, they did talk about man. him collecting trophies. They did talk about him they collecting did. Yeah, but it's trophies. It could be ordinary objects. Somebody's going to have to have a brain fart and figure it out. And well, it's probably uh, going to be Hermione. Leaves, uh, I know. It. Yeah, but Dumbledore leaves Harry stuff in his will. He's probably going to leave a letter. Ron and Harry are going to look at the letter and go, what the hell is he talking about? And Hermione will go, oh, I know. <laughs> this yeah. is what it means and they'll just look at her and go you're so smart another <laughs> thing that they kind of left that I, I worry about how they'll handle in DH is the elder wand if, if he wasn't buried with it if it's just okay there, stop right there it? why does everyone think he wasn't buried with it it's the next day okay right. I already had a rant them with it easy there's plenty of time because the next day there's still a cup on Dumbledore's desk that's half drunk 
the day the Harry's in his office talking to McGonagall, well, he doesn't talk to McGonagall, McGonagall talks to him. He probably runs away from her. It's the day after because they haven't cleared off anything. Dumbledore hasn't been buried yet. Then oh, they go up to the okay. tower and he's talking and then Fawkes leaves. So Fawkes hasn't even left yet. And everyone keeps saying, oh, what are they going to do with the one? And, and people are whinging about it. <laughs> and I'm sitting oh, there I going, he's not buried. They just wanted to point out the wand so that you're prepared for it in yes, the next movie. See, and everyone's saying he hasn't been buried with it, hasn't been buried with it. All over Facebook and Puffa and Leaky, everyone's been going, he hasn't been buried with it. I'm like, no, because he wasn't buried the next morning. I mean, in Western society, we don't bury people within 24 hours. There's no religious need for it or, or sanitary need for it. So Dumbledore wasn't I, I buried think, yet. I, so. I, must, I just jumped to, like, terrible conclusions because I, I had images of Dumbledore <laughs> willing him the wand and, like, him having it the whole time. And I... <laughs> I think that people read too much into into all that, and I, I had to stop you because it stressed me out. <laughs> I like how, um, like we keep saying, it's Hermione that's going to figure everything out. But I liked how in this one they showed Harry's intelligence and how he was following Dumbledore's thinking more and more. Like Dumbledore didn't have yeah. to say much about Slughorn, and he's like, "Do you want me to let him collect you?" He kind of was just. I, I liked that showing that progression of Harry just yeah. ca- catching on to it all on, on his own. He trusts Dumbledore, then he still doubts him a little bit when he's talking to Remus. He hasn't, it's like he's not blindly following him. He's building that relationship with him because he's like, you can sort of see the cogs turning over in his head. He's like, Dumbledore trusts me enough to bring me along to this, that and the other. And like you said, when he says, you said he'll try to collect me. Do you want me to let him? Like they're working together in concert sort of thing. But, you know, one of the funniest bits, you know, when they're leaving the three broomsticks and Hermione looks half drunk. I don't know how many butterbees she's had. (laughs) And she's like, la, 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 Yay. Hi, Jen. Oh, no. (laughs) Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, not really. We That's could no hear his classic Puffa, classic Puffa. Classic Jen is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, I like that. But before they get to the three broomsticks, and she's like, I, I needed to look up half broomsticks. And Harry and Sean are like, and you went to the library. <laughs> answer the phone, answer the phone, answer the phone. Hello? Hello! Big bushy haired girl? Yes, yes Hermione, library, yes. The library girl. <laughs> library girl. <laughs> I love that scene, Harry and Ron go, yeah, the library, what of it, you know? And I love the way that Ron says to Harry, you carry that book everywhere, you even sleep with it. It's like hanging out with Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, hey! <laughs> it's showed that camaraderie. I much like the way the friendship was portrayed among all of them, even... When Lavender and Ron kissed there for the first time, Harry had a big grin on it. You know, he was laughing. He was laughing along with Ron for Ron. And it wasn't until he realized that Hermione was upset that he turned to her after that. But it was like, it, it very much showed him on both of their sides. I liked that. Yeah. yeah. I did, well, it reminded me so much of that scene in the fifth one where Harry has the moment about Sirius and and he falls down and Hermione's the only one that noticed artistically. The one that I thought after they got out of the the three broomsticks and Ron was trying to talk about 
did you hear her talking about snogging? <laughs> and then, and she flings her arms around both of them. And I'm thinking, Hermione's had a little bit too much butterbeer. <laughs> you noticed in, in when they were in the three broomsticks, the camera kind of focused in on the table. And Ron and Harry's butterbeers each maybe had a sip on it out of it. But Hermione's was gone. It was completely yeah. empty. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the other thing is, you know, because they're sitting down and Ron goes to sit next to Hermione because Harry actually right. says, no, 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 sit next to me <laughs> because he wants the way clear to Slughorn. Right. But, you know, Ron was going to sit next to Hermione and I thought that was interesting too. <laughs> and it was after that that we had the conversation about, she has nice skin. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best conversation. It was Although, wait, so before funny. we move on, the scene in the, the bar. The one broomstick. The three broomsticks. Why did Harry make her, Ron sit next to him? Because he wanted Slughorn well, to be able to see Harry right across, so the seat in front of Harry was open. Right. So it was the just theme. like, I didn't quite get it for some reason. Yeah, it wasn't to put Ron <laughs> in direct sight of watching Dean and Ginny in the clinch across the room. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the way that Emma Watson delivers that line. She's like, well, if you were snogging me, you wouldn't expect her to get up and leave, would you? And and Ron's just like... And Ron's Ron's like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It's like, rewind that. What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) And Harry the whole time is focused on Slughorn. He's not really even paying attention to them because... He even looks at Ginny and he's sort of like, yeah. you could sort of see his face. He's just like, oh, no, I don't want to see that. I've got to focus on what I'm doing here. And Ron and Hermione are sitting next to him, like, looking at each other. Oh, giving each other. I really you know? looked for that, I though. They, I looked for I it the second time I saw, I saw it. And, like, half of Half Blood Prince, the book, is where Harry is, like, disgusted with all of Hermione's boyfriends and blah, blah, blah. And they don't even give Harry, like, a second of disgust in this one. Like, he I should have been just as revolted as Ron, in my opinion. Well, I think I, and I shown a little bit that it was difficult like, for him, not, because in a, a few minutes later, when they're with Hermione, and Hermione is like, is this how it is for you when you see Ginny with Dean? And he was like, yeah, you know, yeah. they should have shown that a little bit before in that scene. They should have shown that it was a difficult for him to see that. But, but see, the thing with Harry is that he is so good at hiding how he's mm-hmm. feeling. I mean, he's had so much practice with it. I mean, since he was two. And to have him sit down with her and say, that's how it feels. And it was just, it just broke my heart. I know. Because... But the first time Harry's expressed anything. You know how Harry doesn't express anything? Like, I know we complain that he doesn't express his grief over Sirius. But that's the point, I think, in some ways, that Harry doesn't express everything. Especially not verbally. And so to have Harry actually admit how he was feeling was just this monumental thing. Because he never does. He's just Uh like, no, I'm fine. In Order of the Phoenix, because the bit that really got me in Order of the Phoenix, when he's been to the detention... Oh, no. Oh, no. So the bit in Order of the Phoenix that I liked, where he comes and he sits down and Hermione's like, what's wrong with your hand? And he's like, oh, it doesn't matter. And Ryan's like, Ryan. No, Ron. (laughs) 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 Ron's like, the parents will want to know. And Harry's like, yeah, well, I haven't got any of those, have I? And that just broke my heart. But he doesn't come out and say his feelings. You can see a little bit of his feelings. Like, you can see 
how he feels about not having parents at that point, but he doesn't come out and say it. And in this scene, when he sat next to Hermione and he's like, this is how it feels, he actually said it. He said how he feels. He admitted. It was like he admitted, yeah, I'm in love with Ginny, <laughs> you know? And yeah. he admitted and, something and, hurt, yeah. yes. So, he admitted that it um, hurt. You had to do something like that because the, the whole thing in the book was, the, was that it was the, the monster, but there was no way to translate that to the screen. Yeah, they had to find a way to get him to say, yeah, I'm definitely feeling this way. And I thought it yeah. turned out pretty good. Well, see, the first time I saw it, I was annoyed from the get-go when Hermione pushed Ginny away to hug Harry, and I probably was hating <laughs> I did too. I was like, God damn it, Hermione, go! The second time I saw it, and I saw the lingering look and how they were hanging on to each other, and I, I appreciate the HG interactions more that after the second viewing, that after the first viewing, I was just annoyed. <laughs> no, I, I like the fact that I, she could no. walk past him and say, you know, things like, that's about time. And he, I mean, they were yeah. right yeah, they were right on the same page. They All, were. It seemed they like were, they, they were in sync pretty much through the whole movie. They yeah, played I off like- each other really well. And and I liked how she was the one, like during the Quidditch scene, I'm not sure why she was the one standing over there next to him or maybe she was just the only one paying attention, whatever. Yeah. I liked how she backed him up and got everybody to listen because being the youngest kid in a family of, of, of seven, I, mean, I think she would have had to learn to have done that a long time ago. So I thought it worked really <laughs> well for her to be the one to do that. And I think the other thing is when Harry arrives at the barrow, he looks up to it and he sees Ginny sitting in the window. And I was just like, yeah. oh. And then and the like, he sees her first. And then Ginny come, is the one that comes down and she sees the owl and she sees the trunk. I just think it's really cool that Ginny was the first person he saw and she was the first one to see Harry. Yeah. Well, I also like the fact that she like ran over to give him a hug. It was like, I yeah. am so happy to see you. But, and you know what was, made me laugh? They're all sitting there. She's like... Mom, is Harry here? She's like, what? Harry? Harry who? I'm like, how does she not know who? <laughs> that didn't work at all, yeah. Well, I think that was rather, that, I think that I think was, was a tease. She was so much teasing her. She knows. I mean, come on. Yeah. She's her mother. Harry who? You think I know if Harry Potter was in my house? I mean, come on. <laughs> I just, it made me laugh. And it, it's almost like you're saying, I haven't got him. Have you got him? <laughs> I haven't got him. Have you seen him? <laughs> and then Hermione comes along and she's like, I can hear an owl. Harry must be here. I'm like, how does she connect the owl? <laughs> well, it's kind of a nice change from the beginning where, like, in the first movie was there's absolutely nobody taking care of him. And now even though they can't find him, there's a whole house full of people that are obviously <laughs> doing it. <laughs> it's like, I think I'd know if he was in my house. Well, apparently he's wandering around somewhere. And then Harry's voice is like, yeah, apparently I am. <laughs> <laughs> laugh so much I liked that I, I think I preferred that to the because I know that Fleur wasn't in it and that's a big beef for some people but I think I preferred that sort of way that he arrived rather than the when did he get here oh he got here last night well let's go wake him up you know oh, yeah <laughs> I, I don't think we're getting Jen back am I the only one that jumped when the inferi is no and I jumped the second time oh. too <laughs> I not only jumped but in a 10 a.m. showing full of children I said bad word <laughs> I did. I was just. I even leaned forward because I was waiting for it, and I still jumped. The second time, I held my breath because I knew I was going to jump anyway, and everybody around me jumped. Did he drink the water in the book? Because that is phenomenally stupid. I just realized. Because you don't know what kind of water that is. It could be poison water. It might not even be water at all. I don't think he did. No, they don't ever drink the water. And they. I think it, it ended up 
point they mentioned at least that it was fresh water because the, they were the seawater was outside but it was fresh water inside yeah. well you notice that he dipped that in twice and the first time he dipped it in he touched the surface of the water and Dumbledore's light sinks into the water and that's when he does the lumos when he goes to scoop the water the second time he puts his hand down into the water because the first time he didn't actually touch it the the cup or the shell touched it yeah. And then the second time is when his hand touched it, and that's when they grabbed him. So the first time I jumped sky high, the second time I take my kids, and I know it's coming. So I'm watching them. I'm the only person in this cinema who knows it's coming. I'm ready for it. <laughs> it's packed to the rafters in this cinema. He- and so I'm waiting because I'm like, is my five-year-old going to be completely freaked out? <laughs> so I turned away from the chick sitting on my right to focus on my kids who are to my left. And I didn't jump the second time because I was gearing up to, you know, protect my kids. I'm like, it's okay. The chick on my right jumped so far out of her seat. (laughs) And I started laughing (laughs) because I I was the only person who didn't jump. The whole cinema went, (gasps) I'm laughing. And it's this big moment. Harry's drowning and I'm going, <laughs> now, I jumped the second time as I, much as the I first. Had to I didn't even knew it was coming. And to keep from laughing because I just could, I could not think of anything other than Harry and Ginny and the upside down boat. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, as I was looking at, I was calling them Inferny. <laughs> oh no, not Inferny. <laughs> so we haven't talked about Draco yet. We have not spoken of Draco. We haven't. We, uh, I wasn't as impressed with him as everybody else was until the very end. At the end, I thought Me he did good. Too. But at the beginning, I thought it was just yeah. a sneer through most of it. Melinda, you took the words right out of my mouth. Because pretty I much throughout the rest of the movie, he was just lurking around and not really doing anything. But then at the end, he totally moved me. Well, I don't yeah. know. because I, I, I felt like it was... A really a downward spiral for him. Now yeah. you saw him. You saw him very smirky on the train, obviously. But as soon as they went into the great hall, and you know they talk about it, and he's sitting there, and he's just like, I, "I, how can I do this? I'm not going to be able to do this." And that's where his downward spiral really started. And you see him just through the movie get worse and worse. Yeah, I was reading something last night about with Tom Felton. Um, and he, it's, he's really alone, and I think there's a parallel there. Like, Tom Felton is like, oh, well, Draco is alone through the start of the movie, and Harry's got a real camaraderie going on with Ron and Hermione, and he's getting to know Slughorn, he's getting on with Dumbledore, and they're doing things, and there's actually a contrast that from the last movie, Harry was very alone. Harry's gathering people around him, he's being chummy. Draco has separated himself, and it's just going down and down and down. He... he bashes crashes the christmas party and he sits alone and all of this and there's like a contrast the widening and then it flips right at the end because draco's with all the death eaters and harry is completely alone he was so that in broke- shock he was but so I was reading- in shock on, when they were going through the forest i mean it just staggering yeah was it but but oh. in the scene yeah with dumbledore like Harry said later when he was talking to Hermione that Draco started to lower his wand. And that's what happened in the book. But I don't remember yeah. it happening in the scene. He, I don't remember him ever seeing him actually put the wand down. No, it was more It was more with his face, but no, he didn't. I don't remember him literally. What happened was it down. flicks to Harry at that point. It flicks to Harry and Snape shushing him. It, Draco does start to lower his one. You see it for like half a second. But Harry is watching Draco through the floorboards at that time, turns around, sees Snape. And then you get back and Draco, I'm pretty sure, had his wand lowered 
a little bit. I like agree. he's starting to lower his wand and then basically Snape pushes him to the side. He starts to, but it's not really obvious because they cut to Harry and Snape at that point under the floorboards. What did you think of Snape shifting him? I didn't like that. Me neither. I thought it was, I was, when I was going into it, I was wondering how heavy handed they were going to be with Snape being good. I wondered if they were going, how, how heavily they were going to imply that. And I thought that was just weird. I have a question. It doesn't, it doesn't I have a, I have a, work as an have, implication of whether Snape is good or evil because since he hasn't killed Dumbledore yet, Harry doesn't think he's evil. I have a question for Keza. Yes. Mr. Keza has not read the books. No, he has not. Okay. What does he think? Good or bad? Well, that's the thing. I think it worked from this simple conversation that I've had and from my kids because they have not read those books either. Now... They're all sitting there looking at me. My kids want to know who's going to be the headmaster in the next book, and I won't tell them, and they're getting really annoyed with me. <laughs> but for, from, for the people who haven't read the book and they've seen the movie, they are completely dumbfounded. They do not know whether or not Snape is a good guy or a bad guy. They're confused. I'm speaking for everyone, but I'm just really talking about Mr. Keza. They're driving home from the movie, and he's like, it's bad, yeah? And I'm like, well, he could be. And he's like, so he's good then? I'm like, I'm not telling you. And so he gives me this big, long spiel. I think that Snape is trying to protect Harry. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, so you think he's good then? Not necessarily. He is really confused about whether Snape's good or bad and who he's trying to protect because he's like, he killed Dumbledore, so he must be bad. But he's trying to protect Harry because he knows that Harry is the only one who can kill Voldemort, yeah? And so he, he actually doesn't know. And for him, it made it actually more more of an ambiguity. He always thought Snape was bad and now he's going, I think Snape is worried about Voldemort because he knows Voldemort can kill him because Harry's the only one who can kill Voldemort. So he's protecting Harry because he wants Harry to kill Voldemort, yeah? But he still thinks Snape's the bad guy. See, I, I thought they gave so it away I, with, the, uh, with you know, the conversation between Dumbledore and Snape. Well, see, that's the oh, thing. Yeah. Because we've read the book, we've read the book so we know. But for people who haven't read the book, I don't think it has given it away. I think they're still confused. Because my kids are looking at me and they're going, Snape killed Dumbledore. Does that mean he's bad? If you think Snape is evil, then you think Snape is a spy. So you think he's going to be talking yes. to Dumbledore like he's good. Hang on, I'm confused. Because I've read the book, I know that he was talking about, I don't want to kill you. I don't want to do this. And Dumbledore's right. basically saying I you think if to. you haven't read the book or whatever, you might think he was yep. talking about spying. Yes, because it's very obvious that he is a Death Eater, but he's in Hogwarts, so he must be a spy. I think everyone's figured out that he's a spy or that he's no longer a Death Eater person, but that he's obviously... My husband's actually very confused about what Snape is, so I think for people who haven't read the book, in the movie it works. It's because we know who Snape is now. How often in the book did we get, he's got the mark, he doesn't have the mark, he's got the mark, he doesn't have the mark? Well, guess what? He's got the mark in the movie. Draco has got the mark, yes. Yes. (laughs) He shows it. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about Snape? One more thing yes. about Snape is because this is something that just like made me wonder, and it's like I think it's a legitimate question: is was Snape at this point after Goblet of Fire, where Voldemort thought Snape had betrayed him, and that he was obviously able to wriggle out of that somehow? I'm wondering at this point is he still feeding Voldemort information, and like is it like minor information, fake information, or what? I'm just wondering what people think. I think he's still feeding him info. I mean, he obviously he has to pretend to be a spy. Right. I think he's giving him information. In Deathly Hallows, who's the one that says they're going to move Harry on the 31st? Right. That was Mundungus. Right. And Mundungus was imperious by... Snape. Snape. Exactly. 
Because Dumbledore told him to. I mean, yeah, I'm saying, because that was the Snape had to pretend that he was going to attack Harry, so he did it in yeah. a safe context. And it was more of a mystery in the book because one of the order died with information that came from Snake. It wasn't Hestia Jones. It was um, yeah. It was Moody. No, it no, was a it woman. Was Stur- it woman was, uh, died in that I, attack. I, I can't remember her name. It was. But it wasn't Hestia Jones. That's why they've set the trap up to trap Snape because the Order is convinced that Snape is one of the bad guys. Yeah. At the beginning of Deathly Hallows, they're convinced. Yeah. And then he chops off George's ear. Right. And I couldn't help thinking that point, uh, or was it that point, or some point? It's or does it say it later in the book? It's like yeah, like Snape missed in the firefight. Snape was aiming at Death Eaters because he thought no one could tell in the battle. He missed somebody and hit George because he, he was yeah. shooting at the Death Eaters. Yeah, because for me, I'm like, if he wanted to take out George Weasley, he would have. Right. You know, that's what I'm thinking. He wouldn't it's, have it's, it's chopped not, his ear off. Death, he would have chopped his head off. It's not that he like was trying to give George a minor injury or something. He was trying to hit a Death Eater. Yeah, I'm just saying if he wanted to hit George, he would have hit George. He wouldn't have been... No ear pitting. Obviously, want to beat about the bush. Yeah, basically, I think although that shushing scene didn't work, I kind of like it because it, it can be still ambiguous because he's got his wand on him, and he's either saying "Be quiet" or "I will shoot you," or he's saying "Shush, I have to do this as the good guy." You know, like I think it does still work because he's holding his wand on Harry as he says it, and he does justify at the end why he hasn't killed Harry. He belongs to the Dark Lord. He makes Bellatrix leave him right. for Voldemort. So I think, especially for a non-book person, I think it does actually work. And I know a lot of people who read the books don't like it because they think it gives it away, but I think that's only because we know the ending. I think the vast majority of the people going to these films have read the books. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, yes. I mean, the first yeah. and second I, I get, movie, I get not so, so much. I get sometimes with the, with the talk about, yeah, but people who don't read them, it's like, sorry, these movies now, at this point, six movies into it, should be made for the people reading the books. Because I don't think there's a ton of people just, oh, let's go see this now, starting at book six. I have two things on my notes here that we haven't talked about. One of them was, um, well, three. One of them was the fight over the good potions book and the ratty looking potions <laughs> book. Oh, I loved that. That was awesome. That was hilarious. <laughs> I love that they had Harry like waxing with them. You know, they just like yeah. boys. <laughs> the second one here is where is Janine disarmed in the attack on the borough? Yeah, we, she was disarmed. Yes. But we never saw it. Yeah, we, we did. saw it in the previews. Started in the previews. No, I saw it. I saw movie. it. It's a long shot. In a long shot, she's standing there, and you can hear her breathing heavily, or it's grey back, and all of a sudden it's like, and Harry jumps straight in front of her straight away. It's okay, so the, it was the camera angle that we missed then, because I think I it might have been tell. a different camera. But angle then how was she? But she was holding. She was after. Yeah, thank you. She had her wand out because yeah. he was going one way, yeah. she was going the other. Yeah. yeah. It, it it didn't work that if she it had been sh- yeah it didn't show that she'd been disarmed well maybe maybe i didn't maybe maybe they took it out because they realized she needed to fight after that i, I don't, don't know because i and thought the third, i saw her get disarmed but i might be wrong the third thing i have here is that the fact that i listen i i'm a musician so i am very attuned to the music in a movie oh i love the music and they used two pieces from order of the phoenix in this movie. And it was the training when they were playing the Quidditch game. The music that was in the background was actually the same music that was used during Order of the Phoenix when they were doing the training in the Room of Requirement. And the other one was the fireworks when when George and Fred shoot the fireworks off. They during used that the, in Weezes. It was, it, was in, it was in the Weezes. Yeah. 
Have and I was like, why are you using the same music? Why? I know have you the heard guy. the soundtrack? Yes, I've because heard the soundtrack. Because I know that the track marked Ginny starts off with Hedwig's theme. Yes, but right. Hedwig's theme, so Hedwig's think, theme isn't, isn't, isn't what I was referring to. No, I know. I'm just saying. And you can hear Hedwig in the, in the Express when they're on the train going to Hogwarts. But yes. what they've done is they've actually they've taken parts of it and, that, like I said, it starts off with it and then they, they move it on into, into other territory. So they, right. they've taken, they've sampled it. It's not the whole thing. The two pieces that I just referred to, it was the entire thing. They're not on the soundtrack for the new movie. In fact, oh, there were I two think... other pieces that were made for those scenes that were not used in the movie because they used old music. I liked the fact that they linked the Fred and George music within, uh, it sort of links it for me. I like when they The do. original music that was, that was designed for that scene was actually a big band sound with the Oh, yeah, I know what you mean, because I really oh, like cool. that one. I thought it morphed into that one. It didn't. No. Maybe, oh. I should know. That is a, that is a ringtone on my phone. I hear it every That's single like day. <laughs> they had a, on, on, the, wasn't, on my list, they had a big discussion about the music, and I have to admit, I'm not, well, I never, ever noticed the music. I'm much more in tune with the storytelling than the music is just background to me. I don't really pay that much attention. But there's several people on the list that were really getting into it, and they said that there's one song. It's the song they play at the beginning when Ginny is looking around for Harry's stuff, and it's the same song they play later on when Slughorn is telling the story about Lily. Is that true? I didn't notice it either, but but they were having a big discussion of it. Because I've listened to the soundtrack so many times, somebody will play a piece of it, and I'll go, okay, this is where this was in the movie. Well, now we have two pieces that are in two different movies at two different times. It was like, okay, why did you do that? You had music Well, I written. like the connection between Ginny yeah, I like and Lily, the connection. Actually. When you hear Hedwig's theme, you, you do hear those pieces. That's fine because they're incorporated into different music. I'm talking about they use exactly the same music <laughs> from one movie to the other. Not from one scene in the movie to another scene. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. I felt it linked because I was like, oh, we know exactly where we are. Like We already did because the statue looks exactly like Fred and George. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I love that. I like the music that comes along, you know, the, the attack at the burrow, which I think I, I enjoy personally myself. I like the music that goes with that and how it comes back at the end. And you sort of, I sort of associate it with the Bellatrix, the real thumping music mm-hmm. that goes with the bad guys. I like that piece of music. We didn't talk much about the burrow scene at Christmas. No, I, and I we also it. haven't mentioned Lavender, <laughs> and I think she definitely deserves a mention because oh, she would have screamed into the glass oh. and made with Oh, my God. was rolling. And watching oh. Harry's reaction to that, it was like, I don't even want to be in this <laughs> room. So oh, my God. going to throw up. I nearly <laughs> cracked up in the hospital when she actually called him one one. That one. I know. I know. <laughs> it was even more funny with the face when she called him one more. Yeah, like, oh my god. <laughs> I witnessed this. It was just a hoot. On the forum, Lego was going, oh, I don't remember Lavender being that annoying in the books. I'm like, Lego, honey, she's supposed to annoy us. Like, I think she did a fantastic job because, ah, oh, it was just awful. I don't... Can you imagine being, in, like, being Hermione, being drawn to Ron and him going out with this Bimbo. I love that she calls her a bimbo. <laughs> I love that bimbo. <laughs> do you like, do you like bimbo? the... Uh, who's, who on the list likened her to a, to a golden retriever with a chew toy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron is the chew toy. I mean, it was like, oh, God. <laughs> 
I was waiting for her to tie bows in his hair or something. It was really awful. I thought she did a really great job. Uh, That's another one we haven't really discussed. We've discussed Harry on Felix, which is absolutely side-splittingly funny. I just... Oh, no, no, no. no. Even better than Harry on Felix was Ron on Love Potion. (laughs) Ron on Love Potion. He cuddles Slughorn and calls him sweetheart. (laughs) When he jumps in bed with Harry. You know, I couldn't hear him. What are you doing? I couldn't hear what Ron called him because everybody in the theater was laughing at when he came over and put his arms around Slughorn. They were all yeah. laughing. I couldn't hear what he said. I'm pretty Love sure it was his... Sweetheart. The second you watch, I heard Sweetheart. I loved Ron's <laughs> facial expressions after Slughorn had given him the, the thing when he slowly was coming out of it and he realized yeah. what was going on. He just, his face was awesome. <laughs> Just fell. I know. I feel awful. So you need a tonic. <laughs> <laughs> then Hermione looks over at Harry. Shut up. Your first scene in the Great Hall when you see Ginny's got a little bit of trifle and Hermione's got a little bit of trifle and they've got little small bowls and Ron has got this <laughs> bowl of trifle and he's got a full of trifle and he's shoveling it in and Hermione's like, "Your best friend is missing. Will you stop eating?" <laughs> <laughs> she hit them with the ball. And he says, "Why is he always covered in blood?" <laughs> and Ron yeah, says, Ron, "Look, Simon, Simon's his own." His own. What's <laughs> <laughs> really unconcerned? You're shoving all your lunatic. Turn around, and that's when Ginny's like, "Why is he always covered in blood?" And Keza, this is probably not going to make any sense to you at all. But when he said, "You lunatic, turn around," all I could think of was, "Oh my god." Ron has seen Oklahoma because that's a line Oklahoma from Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a musical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why wouldn't it make sense to me? Oh, I, I've because... seen Oklahoma. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Um... <laughs> but yeah, the, the, she's looking for Curly. I gotta find Curly, and he says, "Well, turn around, you lunatic!" And he's because he's standing. You know what him. else? And you know what? Dan Radcliffe has been watching Doctor Who. I swear. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, did you think you know, they said Felix? that his, he when he was on Felix, Felix that it, that was Dan. more, yeah, that was more like his normal so now person. I think he, did David Tennant base his Doctor Who on Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> 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 you know, but P.S., did you think that there was a bit of a similarity there? Oh, definitely. It mostly had me in stitches. Because it reminded me of David Tennant. <laughs> because he's sitting there and they're like, the whole bit in the greenhouse, and he's like, sir, well, you're welcome to come with me and all that. But then they're going over the hill and Slughorn's like puffing a bit. He's going after Harry. And Harry's doing that little walk that's just so very David Tennant. He's doing that little walk. I know. And he's like, Harry, I, I think we should go back. That would be well, The stiff knees. <laughs> Walking up the hill with the stiff <laughs> knees was like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> That would be counterproductive, sir. Why? No idea. No idea. <laughs> it was funny. And then when he's sitting yeah, on the stool and his feet Doctor don't quite touch the ground and yeah. he's clapping when they're thinking. I know. It looks like such a dork. It was so funny. <laughs> really, really, really can funny. That, can that all well, be my favorite scene from the from the moment he drinks the Felix to the moment he gets the memory? Yes. <laughs> I like it. Hermione's like, how do you feel? Excellent. Really excellent. Okay, I'm off to Hagrid's. No hurry, we've got a plan. Yes, I have got a good feeling about going to Hagrid's. And they're like staring after him, and he's like trotting off through the portrait hole. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> and was that Dean and Dean coming through the 
through the ported hole? I think it was. I thought it was at least I Dean. I couldn't but, tell but... who it was. I couldn't tell who it was, but then he sneaks up behind Slughorn, who jumps six feet in the air like Inferi have just grabbed him, and <laughs> <laughs> he like, apologizes for not coughing or clearing his throat. should have warned you that I was there. Oh, well, well, well why, do, why do you think you're, well, you're sneaking around, aren't you? Sort of whatever it was he said. He did. I bet you I thought I was Professor Sprout. On the pinchers. Just like, I, I actually, in my notes, I wrote pincers and underlined it because it was so funny. <laughs> I like Slughorn. How'd you kill it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what was it? Oh, like, what is well it? Done, well done. Well Slughorn says, any family? And Harry says, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I just love his expression when he. He says, can I say, should I say a few words? And he's like. <laughs> it's kind of funeral. It's really sad. And I am laughing my head off. Everyone oh, in the yeah. cinema. And it's like, very sad. Hagrid's sad. Don't care. The other two are just too darn funny. <laughs> well, I didn't even look at Hagrid. I was watching Dan. Because he was, you know, yeah. I'm trying to be serious, but oh my god, if I don't, you know, I'm very earnestly trying to be serious. Mm-hmm, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no, Aragog's dead. Oopsie. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> I think we've pretty much lost it at this point, and it's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so, any any final thoughts? <laughs> I I'm gonna go see it again on Sunday, and then again when it comes out. I want to go see it again. Yeah, I have to take my son. Oh, when I love that she's coming around. I have to yeah. wait till my kids go back to school because I have to sneak out without anybody knowing that that's where I'm going. Because <laughs> <laughs> they want to come too. <laughs> what do we give it out of ten? P.S. I have to give it a nine because of the details they didn't have. Because I'm a detail oriented person, as you well know. I'm gonna have to give it a nine. No. <laughs> Dan, uh, I would give it an eight only because the uh, I was hoping for a little bit more Harry Ginny. If they had that nine, Melinda, I give it a nine uh, again. If they didn't get perfect because of my Quidditch kiss for sunlit days, but I, I I loved it. I really did. Nine, Kelly. I'm gonna go with Melinda here because I agree. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the uh, angst with. Ginny and Harry and then the sunlit days I would have liked to see that but I I enjoyed it and I'm going to go see it again (laughs) okay well this has just reminded me because I also was mourning the sunlit days kiss but I do have to admit I like the bit Harry's just kissed well Ginny's just kissed Harry in the room of requirement and he's walking through Hogwarts with a star Uh mark on his face and I'm really happy and Ron yeah, comes up behind us. Did you and Ginny do it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, Did you hide them? Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> so while I still mourn that kiss, I think, especially on second watching, I can appreciate that a little bit more. And I love the fact that Ginny runs through fire for him. That is just awesome. And I'm hoping yeah. that the fact that she hid the book means that she'll be in the fiend fire scene. Rather than she kept getting shoved in the room of requirement, that annoys me. So I'm hoping that she'll be able to take a bigger role in the battle and stuff. Probably a nine as well. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Pizzas. <laughs> so all in all, okay, yeah, thumbs up. We give it two thumbs up. Well, how many of us yeah. are there here? Two, four, six, eight. We give it ten thumbs up. That means we're... <laughs> Ryan wanted to say something about Emma's eyebrows. Is Ryan on the line? I don't know. Well, we were supposed to text him when we got to the end because he wanted to say something about her eyebrows. In the movie, he hasn't earned the right to talk. Okay, we're contacting Ryan as we speak. Oh, here he is. He turned on the sound when you said, <laughs> "Is Ryan here?" 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He's been listening the whole time. I'm Brian, pretty... did you have something to say about Emma's eyebrows? The eyebrows of Emma Watson. What about them? Are they, they all made separately? They, they did not annoy me this movie. They stayed at home this time. It was. They did not need their nice. own villain. She did not lead with her eyebrows in this movie. It was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Did they put them in the credits? Um, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Has anyone found Cho yet? No, but I think she was yeah, She was either on the train. Well, there's Waldo, hasn't it, though? Everybody is just looking for Cho all over the place. They listed them in order of appearance, and she comes in right at the end. That doesn't mean she's in the very last scene, but it must be because we get a bunch of Death Eaters in the scene right before that. We see the Caros, because I'm watching it the second time, I'm like, yes. the female Death Eater. There are no female Death Eaters there, and I realized it was the Caro woman. Yes. And I'm like Mike now. I can't remember her name. Amicus. No, Amicus yes. is the guy. Electus. Oh, so I was like, oh, it's her. And so, yes, Cho must only be in that scene because she comes the very last person on the credits. So we're going to have to play Where's, Where's Waldo with um, showing that. <laughs> the DVD was, when it comes I was, out. I was looking December. for Cho in that scene because they panned through everyone. And I was thinking, well, since we know Cho, you'd think they'd have have stayed on Cho for a couple of seconds because they stayed on. Yeah, I mean, I saw Dean, I saw Neville, you know. You know, because I mean, you would have thought um, they'd have shot, like, um, they should have did a close-up on Cho. We saw Nigel a couple times. Okay, I've located my mute button. Oh, what's I bet? Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Was Nigel not in the film? Because if Nigel's not in the (laughs) film, I'll wait for the DVD. Nigel's in the film. He's in at least twice that we see him two or three times. Because you know what's going to happen. He's going to die in the next one because Colin was, dies in the next He was one. in the Gryffindor common room. We see him in the Great Hall Ronald at the feast and then we see him at the end. Yes. What about that little girl that sit next, sits next to Lavender when she's bending that spoon out? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> who that is. Was just like at her. <laughs> oh, I can and buy the, the Wii game thing. now, can I? Yeah, you, Only if you see yeah. the movie. When are you going to see the movie, Ryan? I'm probably going to go oh. see the movie. Let's go with next Tuesday. Because really, who the hell goes to see a Harry Potter movie on a Tuesday? I'll do that. Oh, let's see. About 45,000 people. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly went to the movie. Kismet, if you don't know who the hell I'm talking about. Kelly went to the movie. And she's in the movie. And I'm talking to her. She's she's talking to me over her phone. And I'm asking her the the most important... Now, Kelly's Skype message has been 1,004 days till Half-Blood Prince. 1,003 days till Half-Blood Prince. Like, everything is happening. There's, like, terrorist attacks. You know, worried about terrorism, but just in case you're wondering, 845 days until Half-Blood Prince. So as we're finally there, she's at the movie. I'm like, Kelly, I have a question. Do you know how to get Yahoo Instant Messenger working on my phone. I need some tech support. Do you understand? She's like in the theater trying to. <laughs> so I ruined the moment for Kelly. I was going to talk about Mike, but I think the moment's gone. Mike? Because I was talking oh, about the character. Keza and I talked about Mike on Yahoo Instant Messenger, and I think it saves conversations. Let me check. Hold on. Oh, God. Keza wanted to Mike, kill Mike, Mike, Mike yesterday. Mike Sorry. <laughs> I scared Mike yesterday. Good. Well, he's oh, no. like. <laughs> I don't like that Dumbledore actor dude. The Snape actor dude was okay. He's and I, four I like years the Hermione for that. I've he never remember. seen the Harry actor in anything else. I'm like, you're a Harry Potter fan on a Harry Potter website and you don't know Daniel Radcliffe's name. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? When Mike just saw Batman, what was the name of Batman? Batman, the new one. 
The one that just Dark Knight. Dark Knight. He just saw Dark Knight. He asked me who played the Joker and would he be back for the next movie. <laughs> oh my god! You have to understand with Mike, there is a disconnect. Yes. <laughs> But I'm he's just like, like, he's pretty good. I'm like, yeah, he might win something for that. Everyone was I'm sure. like, so you don't know who plays Harry, do you? And he's like, no. I threw the names at him because Keza had told me all this. Like, Keza had briefed me on Mike's level of knowledge. So <laughs> when I was talking with him about the movie, I was like, I think the strongest portrayals were from Gambin, Broadbent, and Radcliffe. And I was like waiting to see if he knew who they were. <laughs> And yeah. he doesn't know anybody's name. It's like Mara Kennedy all over again. He's like the guy oh, that plays yes. Snake. Well, the thing is, I scared Mike yesterday because Mike likes to, to send me random text messages asking, like, you know, what the purpose of scope is. Like, Mike just has questions for me throughout the day. So, <laughs> yesterday, Mike sent me this you know, random message. And I have a new phone, so I haven't put his number in my new phone yet. So, I wrote back, who the hell are you? And <laughs> I think he thought like he got the wrong number. He was very like, oh. Uh, Ryan, we're just finishing up with um, ratings. How would you rate the movie Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince? Well, I have to tell you, the commercials are fantastic. Commercials. Awesome. I'm excited about the commercials. <laughs> he gives like, trailer number four a ten. <laughs> here's the thing that gets me worried about the movie. All right. Huh. Going into it, you see the bridge shaking. And my first thought was, was that bridge there in the late 90s? I doubt it, but whatever. And then you see Dan Radcliffe doing his fight back, you coward. And I'm like, ooh, that looks powerful. And then you have, you know, Emma smacking Rupert, you know, with the book infested with swine flu, like, many times. You know, <laughs> that was funny, you know, in a weird sort of way. And then there's the thing where Dan Radcliffe is like, but, but I am the chosen one. I'm like, oh, obviously Dan has read the books and asked to have that line inserted. <laughs> But there's one moment later, later, later in 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 the preview where Emma is standing outside and she's crying. But she's doing a thing where her eyebrows are crying too. <laughs> and I realize I'm hoping to God Dumbledore just died. No, 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 no. that is an awesome scene. And that's, uh, that's not that's not the Dumbledore scene. And and you have to understand. She does cry. In that yes. there's tears on her cheek. So yeah, and and her eyebrows do not feature. Okay, please God, tell me that's not her crying over Ron and Lavender. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> because I'm thinking Taylor. to myself, it's all right. A man has died. Give her some credit. <laughs> no, she cries then too. But the thing you have to remember is, is that she remember in the book how she asked Ron on a date, and then he snogged Lavender. I would cry too. I am on Hermione's side, right there. I'd be upset too. That <laughs> makes me happy because I'm reading the Psychic Serpent trilogy, and like th- there's something whole wholly new going on with with Parvati, like similarly, but not really. So I, I think I like Joe's version a little bit better. I'm scared. I think you're really going to enjoy it, Ryan. I know, I'm psyched. I'm actually going to see this one in the theaters. It's been a while since I've seen a Harry Potter movie in the theaters that I've liked. It's got a lot of laugh-out-loud moments, and it's got a lot of, oh my god, you can hear a pin drop in the theater moment. This could be the perfect movie for me, because I didn't see the first one in the theater because I wasn't a fan. I went with my friend Lindsay to see the second one. I'd never read a book. She was wigging out during the spider scene, and I whispered over, I'm sure it's going to be fine. And she whispered back, I read the book. (laughs) 
third I, one I saw in the theater, I loved it. I wasn't sure what was up with Gambin. He seemed a little strange, but I figured he'll grow on me in the next movie. I saw the fourth movie in the only movie theater in Massachusetts without stadium seating, and there was actually a woman in front of me wearing a big hat. Like, I didn't think people oh, dressed no. like that anymore. And then the fifth I watched on the podcast. So this one, we've got... <laughs> This is the first movie that I have ever seen that I have paid to see it twice in an 18-hour period. I, I really think that you're going to enjoy this. I can't well, tell here, you enough. Here's the thing. We've got to get the future Mrs. Huggles to enjoy it. Because she's one of those people that decides she's not going to enjoy it before we get there. Mm-hmm. So if Ryan you know, decided that. I did that. We I'm one of those over. people. Yeah. Yes, as well. So do I have to listen to this I episode just... to see? But no, I want to. I want to know what PS Love Slughorn, but I want to listen to this podcast. So don't tell me. Okay. Well, okay. well we're going to finish the podcast now before my children starve to death on the living room floor. <laughs> 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 They're wasting away. <laughs> they keep coming in the door. Are you finished yet? <laughs> I just have one quick question before we leave. Kelly, am I going to see the movie twice in an 18-hour period? Probably not. You won't, but I did. Is it because I'm the cheapest man alive? Could that be some, <laughs> Could that have something to do with it? Because as we record this, I'm having my wisdom teeth out in 10 hours, and they asked me if I wanted the anesthesia or the Novocaine, and I said the Novocaine, and they said why, and I said because it's cheaper. So why? if you can get me to go twice in an 18-hour period... It will be a good movie. Danielle has made me 14 different types of homemade ice cream. She's trying to push it off as, hey, look at me. I'm such a good wife. I'm pushing it off as you're using my pain to break out new kitchen appliances. <laughs> yeah, you should probably end the podcast, though, because I can hear starving Australians in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who hasn't seen the movie, you should go see it, because it's really, 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 really good. And you will laugh, and you will cry, and you want to go and see it again. I promise. Yes. Bye. Yes. Bye. Bye. Night. <laughs>